I've told you and told you, when mommy tells you to do something, you don't tell her no. Mommy's in charge. Understand, honey? No! Mommy is getting very upset. Now, I'm only going to say this one more time. Sweetie, pay attention. Mommy is in charge. No, stupid mommy! Okay, okay, I give up. You're in charge. Well, maybe you can relate to that. It, it's kind of sad, but it is funny at the same time, isn't it? If you've got a toddler or perhaps a teenager in your home, you might be tempted to wave the white flag of surrender. The assault is so great. But we have some really good news for you. On this best of 2018 edition of Focus on the Family, there is hope, Mom and Dad. With some simple strategies and a little common sense and lots of prayer, you can have healthier, thriving kids. And we'll tell you how in just a moment. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. John, today we're featuring one of our most popular guests, Dr. Kevin Lehman, who knows how to encourage and motivate parents. On the one hand, he can be pretty blunt. He's going to tell you in no uncertain terms what's going wrong in your home. But he's also got a heart of gold for today's families. He wants to help moms and dads be successful so you can experience loving and godly relationships with your kids. And uh, for those who don't know, Kevin Lehman is an internationally known psychologist, author, and speaker. Uh, He's had a lot of exposure on both radio and TV. He's the author of more than 60 books and addresses marriage, parenting, education, birth order, and more. And today we'll focus in on one of those books called Making Children Mind Without Losing Yours. And this note, when we originally recorded this conversation with Dr. Lehman, we invited a group of parents to join us here in the studio. You'll hear them uh, throughout the program. Here now is today's episode of Focus on the Family. Uh, Kevin, let's kick it off. Uh, Help us understand the overall landscape of parenting today. You heard that intro. Do you think it's different? Do you think parents are basically facing the same challenges, or are they different today? Well, I'm old enough to remember when kids used to obey their parents. Now parents obey their kids. So things have changed. The landscape has changed. In that little introduction, we heard no, 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 no. One of my bits of advice is to young parents who are raising that little firstborn, the little lab rat of the family, (laughs) is don't overuse the word no. They become anesthetized to that. And by the way, when a kid hits 18 months, circle the calendar, mom and dad, because now they understand what sheer power is. Well, let's talk about these two types of parents. There's many shades of this, but obviously you have the control parent. You know, that they're going to they're gonna master parenting by controlling the outcome, by controlling the environment. Uh, why do, let's lean toward moms in this regard. Why do moms typically feel this is a good way to go? Well, most of us in this room, in this studio, we have lots of parents surrounding us. Most of us, I would guess, there might be one exception, grew up in an authoritarian home, as did I. Hey, you listen up. You're going to do what I tell you to do. As long as you live under this roof. You understand me? Hey, you want something to cry about? I'll give you something to cry about. Okay? Some of you, as parents, you had parents who just gave you the look. And when you got the look, your whole body tightened up. Your little heels clicked together. Well, there's the authoritarian parent. Mm. Well, guess what? 
there was a time when authoritarianism worked because the parent was so strong, so strong-willed, so hard-fisted that kids wouldn't dare to get too far out of line. Well, let's go the opposite extreme. Meet today's avant-garde permissive parent. Um, Brittany, uh, Brittany, sweetheart, uh, have you chosen to go to bed yet? You know, my father never said to me, hey, Kevin, uh, have you chosen to go to bed? In fact, he'd say things like this, hey, 8 o'clock, and he'd point. Now, if you, and that meant it was bedtime. Well, we knew the sign language, you know. And if you didn't move, he'd come back and say, hey, you want to go to bed on your own power? Or you want to be ricocheted to bed? <laughs> but the point was what? You're going to bed. So we have these two extremes, and you see this in parenting today. We have the authoritarians. And by the way, more authoritarians still hang around in the Christian world, okay, than in the other side of this fence. But so if you bring up your kid to be authoritarian, I'm here to guarantee you you're going to plant the seed systematically of rebellion in your kid's heart. If you bring up your kid permissively, okay, and these are the parents, again, who failure is not an option for their child. Hey, would you kids knock it off? I'm trying to finish your science project in here. <laughs> <laughs> and they do far too many things. And, and these parents, the permissives, bring their kids up like their kid is the center of the universe. If your kid is the center of the universe and you're a person of faith, somebody pony up and tell me, where's the room for Almighty God in a kid's life? I'm here to tell you there's no room for God in that kid's life. So we ought to move toward the authoritative parent, and I think that's what St. Paul talked about in Ephesians 6. And the authoritative parent has limits, is firm, has authority, and authority, late-breaking news, authority is a great word. We've all seen bumper stickers in our community that says what? Question authority. Yeah. And so your kid and mine have to learn authority, but we need to learn what authority is, and it certainly isn't authoritarianism. Well, before we get to that uh, end game, that goal, uh, you mentioned a lot of mistakes that we as parents make, and you're talking about a couple of them. One of the uh, terms you use in the book is whack-a-mole parent. Yeah. So what is a whack-a-mole parent? Well, it gets back to the enemy. You ever play whack-a-mole? It's, it's one of those games you find in amusement parks, and something pops up, you hit it with a mallet, and, you know, again, kids... You're sitting there watching Friends reruns, Mom and Dad, okay? <laughs> it's the end of the day. I mean, the kids have been tucked into bed, and all of a sudden you hear this blood-curdling scream from the back bedroom, okay? And as only your wife can say, she says, uh, John, would you do something? And so John gets up, walks in there, pushes open the door, and says, All right, I've had it with you two. Who started it? He did, Daddy. And they point to each other. Okay, you will say things, parent. I know you have an MBA degree, okay? <laughs> I know you're an elder in your church. You will say things that you would never say in front of your friend or your pastor ever, and you top it off with, and that's final, and you slam the door and the whole house shakes. What do the kids do behind closed doors? Laugh. They cover their mouth, <laughs> trying to keep the laughter in, and they say, did you see the veins pop out of his neck? I never saw him pop out that far before. Now, husband John comes back, sits down next to his wife, and his only a loving wife can say, she says, honestly, John, I think you're entirely too rough with the boys. <laughs> and then he snaps back at her and says, seems to me if you discipline around here, I wouldn't have to do that. Now, I ask you, five minutes earlier, were you at each other's throats? No, you were watching Friends reruns. And so I'm telling you, kids play us. They set us up and... uh 
like flies into the web. Uh, we we fly in there. Hmm. And that's what you have to remember. It's a journey. And many times we just get too authoritarian. And here's the question of the hour. Is God an authoritarian? I don't think you get through a discussion on rearing kids without asking that question. Is God an authoritarian? There's a lot of people who think he is. Really? Does he grab us by the earlobe, twist it, and say, you will acknowledge me? No. But his holy word says, every knee shall what? Bow. So he's the supreme what? Authority, but not the authoritarian. But it's easy for us, when we're under duress, for us to slip back into those authoritarian roots because that's what we grew up with. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference. So if you want to be your child's best friend and you want to be liked every day of your life as a parent, good luck. Read another book. Don't read this one. <laughs> <laughs> now, Kevin, your credentials. You, of course, have the Ph.D., but more importantly, you were one of these children. <laughs> you, you learned from the best. So I we didn't know get, you were going to turn we on get me that out on the table. <laughs> I graduated fourth in my class in high school. Unfortunately, it was fourth in the bottom and not fourth in the top. I got kicked out of Cub Scouts. I was in a reading group in first grade with a girl who ate paste. Uh, I got a 22 in algebra as a final grade as a freshman. Took algebra several times. Took Latin several times. Passed it once because someone by the name of Carl Maz was nice enough to lower his left shoulder during the final exam. Uh, So a lot of credentials I bring to the focus on the family studio today. But you know what? I was the youngest of three kids. I couldn't compete with my sister, who was perfect and still is to this day, and my brother, who was near perfect. Uh, You want to understand your kid, get behind their eyes. And I I became the best at being the worst. I was a class clown. Kids liked me. Teachers hated me. But you know what? I had a mom who was a real brick. She was the the one that prayed for me every day, come down the stairs in the morning. There she was with her Bible open. She was either reading God's Word or praying for me. And uh, don't sell yourself short, parents. Your prayer life, your steadfastness, you're hanging in there. You're just loving those kids. I know there's times you want to kill them. Be honest, okay? But you hanging in there and just loving those kids. But if you love your kids, and here's the principle, you will discipline them. That's part of it. Mm. Hey, Kevin, we're going to take some questions in a minute from the crowd around us. So Wonderful. get those questions ready. But uh, for the next few seconds, you mentioned four uh, goals of misbehavior. Yeah. Uh, what are those four areas of misbehavior that parents should know about? They come out of individual psychology from a guy by the name of Dr. Alfred Adler, who years ago was a colleague of Sigmund Freud in Vienna. But real briefly... Kids misbehave uh, for a reason. As kids become less encouraged and therefore discouraged, I mean, all kids are attention getters. Kids are going to seek attention positively or negatively, but all kids are attention getters. But when encouragement goes down in the home, and I'll be glad to talk about the difference between encouragement and praise, a kid will go beyond it. Let Let me show you with a little noise to boot. A classroom teacher, okay, and a little third grader starts tapping his pen, making noise. Teacher says, Thomas, Thomas, please, and he stops. What's the best predictor before that classroom is over? What behavior is probably going to reoccur again? You guessed it. So that's the attention getter. It's purpose of behavior. He makes that noise to draw attention to himself. Now, you've got the powerful child, 
if he continues to get discouraged, he becomes powerful. Now, this is the kid that wanders around you tell him to sit down. Okay, you give him a command to sit down. He sits all right, but he takes his arms and he folds them and he's got a defiant look on his face, sort of, okay, I will, but I'm to tell you, I'm the boss here. <laughs> a kid throws a temper tantrum. What's the purpose of nature of the temper tantrum at the mall? And by the way, what do you do when a kid throws a temper tantrum? Step over the child. There's a great temptation to step on the child. <laughs> that is very illegal. Don't do that. But watch what happens many times. A little tyke will come and he'll, he'll dive in front of you a second time. He's saying, hey, parent, I'm an authority over you. What St. Paul clearly says in Ephesians 6 is this. Children, obey your parents. It's the right thing to do because God has placed them, here's that word, in authority over you. So he's saying, hey, I'm the boss. I only count in life when I win. So you see attention getters. You see powerful kids. Then you see revengeful kids. In all my years of 40 years of private practice, I'll bet I didn't see two revengeful kids in all those times. And those are kids that are so hurt by life, they feel like they need to strike back at life. Then you got the kids who, they're just inadequate. They just give up. Yeah. You see very few of those, believe it or not. So most of the kids that we deal with are attention getters or powerful driven kids. The power driven says, I only count when I dominate, when I win, when I control. The attention guy says, I only count life when I get other people to serve me, and I'm the center of attention. Mm. Man, those are good thoughts. Um, before questions, can you answer this for me? Formulas in how we parent, especially in the Christian community, um, do we need a little realization there that sometimes you can do things really well and your child still has their own free will? Is it all that formulaic or is it unpredictable to a point? That's how much God loved us. He gave us free choice. You can be the best. I've met some of the most godly, wonderful parents and you really wonder how they could have spawned such kids <laughs> because the kids just seem to be diametrically opposed. And, and these are loving parents who've done, you know, Lehman style, really great parenting. But, you know, kids, they get a wire up their tail. They turn left. Everybody else is turning right. Some kids just see themselves as victims uh, or martyrs. You see it in adults. Uh, if I had all those answers, Jim, I would write a book called All Life's Answers. <laughs> but, no, but it's true. I would co-author it with Jim Daly and John Fuller. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so very much. But it's so true because parents can <clears throat> carry a lot of guilt, too, because they've done the, the right thing, the good thing, but they're still not getting the result that they'd hoped for, uh, prayed about for years. If you're a parent, write this one down. Guilt is the propellant for most of the lousy decisions you will make as a parent. Hmm. You've got to get over the guilt. Well, with that, let's open it up uh, to our guests around the table here. And just give me your first name and state your question. Hi, my name is Erin, and I have a 7-year-old, a 5-year-old, and a 3-year-old. Uh, I have a question about something that my husband and I try to do in the evening. We call it family Bible time, and we try to bring the kids together and read a Bible story and... Um, <laughs> Already laughing. No, it's just, yeah. Um, I'm smiling. And so um, sometimes thing. we let them act out the Bible story, but we're just trying to expose them and have family time together where we pray and read the Bible story. And it's it's not going very well because <laughs> my husband is more authoritarian 
and wants them to be respectful and to mind. That doggone husband. And (laughs) I want them to have a positive experience with the Bible and with prayer and not have, I'm struggling because I don't want the discipline of trying to get them to mind to have a bad association with I don't think any couple has ever faced this. Aaron, I, yes, Aaron I, love you. I love you, Aaron. I want to tell you that. I, I want to tell you the Lehmans, okay, Sandra and Kevin Lehman failed at that so miserably so early. I figured out a long time ago this isn't working. One of the things, so I'm telling you, when you when you have seven, five, and three, you try to line them up, and everybody's going to pay attention, and we're going to have Bible stories. It reminds me of my mother. My mother sent me to Joy Club. It was, <laughs> it was horrific. And I'm so old, they had flannel graphs. You talk about exciting. It was exciting. Joy Club, I love oh, that. It was, but you know what? Here I am. I'm not making fun of it. I still remember what, G, what Joy stood for, Jesus, others, and you. My mom tried. But I'll tell you what we did. And what I might suggest for anybody to try, you know, kids love stories. They love stories at bedtime. You can tell kids stories that has biblical implications that demonstrate biblical principles to kids in a fun way. It makes you creative, imaginative. Kids love stories. And we tried the devotional thing around the table with – no success whatsoever. I marvel at people who can pull that one off. So I want you to know, Aaron, you're not alone. Try to be creative one-on-one with the kids rather than the three of them together. You're outnumbered three to two. There you have it. Also, Odyssey is a great, a great storytelling oh, yeah. children's series that we yes. do, and it's a, a good thing to be able to listen to that together and then talk about the principles involved. Uh, Kevin, some of that comes down to temperament as well, because you have a structured parent and perhaps a less structured parent. We tend to bond and marry those that are a little different from us. Right. So that could be some of the conflict. I know for Jean, she's a biochemist. She lo- she's a science person. She loves formal devotions. And the boys always struggle with that. Yeah, and, Jim, on a personal note, I wouldn't get into a debate with that woman. <laughs> <laughs> but let's move along. Thank uh, you. <laughs> but, you know, but, but it's a desire it is. of now, her heart. Aaron can, says, yeah. my husband is authoritarian, okay? Now, one thing you have to figure out is parents. There has to be some negotiation here because if you two are not on the same page, okay, you can read Making Children Mine Without Losing Yours. You can memorize it. You can bring Kevin Lehman to your house for a month, but I'm here to tell you it's not going to work. It would be fun. The two of you. It would be fun, (laughs) but you must be shoulder to shoulder. So the authoritarian has to move toward the authoritative, but the permissive, and usually a wife might become more permissive to think she's balancing out the authoritarianism in her husband. That's not true. That sends the kids a double signal and not a healthy one. Well, that's good. Let's go to the next question. Hello, my name is Lori, and um, I'm an only child. And my husband and I have a daughter who's also an only child. She's 12 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Lori, before we go any further, we're going to take a few minutes, and we're going to pray for you and your husband. <laughs> and your. <laughs> Yeah. Pray for your husband, for wow. sure. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we we tend to be parenting. Our parenting style is more toward the permissive side, but not extreme permissive, just more toward that area. Um, so I wanted your opinion on something. Our daughter, who's in seventh grade, she's a great student, you know, straight A's, <laughs> blah, 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 very respectful. That's what I expect. <laughs> but um, uh, let's see. How do I say this? So... 
for instance, last night um, she came home and she had a lot of homework to do and she had to go to a function after school. And normally she unloads the dishwasher. However, me being the parent, I thought, oh, she has all this stuff to do. I don't want to ask her to unload the dishwasher because she needs time to do all these other things. So I didn't ask her to unload the dishwasher. And so when she has a lot of homework to do or she's real busy, I just, you know, sometimes I'll even clean up her room for her, things like that. So I'm just wondering your take on that because well, I don't want to stress her out. I I'm going to surprise you, I think. I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you only child, you. Um, I'm going to surprise you because I'm going to give you a, a Dr. Lehman five-star because I think you have to realize that some kids have a lot on their plate and there's nothing better than perceiving that situation, going in and doing things you normally wouldn't do, okay? Because, honey, and she says, Mom, did you clean up my bedroom? Sure, honey, you got a lot in your plate this week. I just thought it would help. Now, is that an excuse? Are you going to do that every week? Are you going to give your kid room service and food service? And my question to every parent is, are you rearing your kid in a home or hotel? Most parents rear their kids in what? Hotels. Meaning what? We give them room service and food service, and we snowplow the roads of life for them. But I'm saying, hey, mm. This isn't cookie cutter here, folks. You've got to know who you're leading. You're the leader in your family. And sometimes you see situations like that where you step up and you do kind things for each other. Kevin, let me, let me ask you a question because I know this is uh, happening in some homes where that more authoritarian parent is saying, hey, this kid needs to learn. And therefore, they need to throw that banana peel away. Maybe it is finals week. But where's that balance uh, of showing that kindness and the error of showing no kindness because you aren't learning how to how to grow up. Well, so how do you, I mean, I like what you're saying. I agree with what you're saying. But sometimes there will be one parent in the home that uh, is so set on teaching you the right thing to do that there's never any grace or any, let me help you with that. Well, I had a breakfast with a friend this morning and I pose the question about grace. You ever wondered why grace is so bountiful? Could it possibly be because you and I need it on a daily basis? <laughs> Again, I think that parent who is so rule-oriented, he's going to have or she's going to have Pharisee thinking. There's a right way to do things. You lose some great teachable moments. I think you want to teach your kids to be humble. You never look bigger in your kids' eyes when you say, I misspoke, I was wrong, would you forgive me? Mm. One of my chilling moments of being a parent and an author of 59 books is this. My 11-year-old daughter, Holly, looked at me at the breakfast table after I'd run over her feelings big time, and she said, do you know what you ought to do? And show you how stupid Kevin Lehman is. I said, what? And she said, you ought to read your own book. <laughs> and that one got me. And she was right, and I apologized for profusely to her. So again, keep in mind this balance. That's why I bring authoritative to our minds today. We want to be authoritative. We want to stand in authority. God didn't put you on this earth to be run over by your smart mouth kid. Don't ever allow it. And for all you women, look at the news today. Look at everything that's in the news today about men and women. You women who are raising sons, you represent all of womanhood to this young guy. Don't ever take any guff from little Buford or his little brother Harlan ever. <laughs> Ever, ever. That is a good point, Kevin. This has been so great. And let's let all of us show that appreciation to you. Thank you.
And that's how we concluded part one of the conversation with Dr. Kevin Lehman on this edition of Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. And I hope you'll make plans now to join us for part two. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller. Dr. Kevin Lehman hopefully gave you an idea of what healthy authority looks like and alerted you to the common mistakes that parents can make when they lean towards permissive or authoritarian parenting styles. Dr. Lehman speaks from his years of experience in dealing with parents and children, and he certainly knows what he's talking about. In his book, Making Children Mind Without Losing Yours, Dr. Lehman shares real-life examples and gives readers surefire techniques for developing a loving, no-nonsense approach for rearing children. If you'd like to get your hands on a copy, please visit safamily.co.za to shop online or call 31 716-3300. Be sure to take a look at our Christmas catalog while you're online. There are some excellent deals on all sorts of resources and gift items. And make sure to order before the 14th of December to avoid the disappointment of your gifts not arriving in time for Christmas. We're going to hear more from Dr. Lehman on tomorrow's program, so I do hope that you'll join us for that. For Focus on the Family Africa, I'm Alison Schnell, inviting you back then when we'll once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.